0: Join us this week for part two of our two-part series where we discuss what is third and fourth wave feminism, the differences in genders, and how we became traditionally conservative moms. So it's time to lock the bathroom door, pour a glass of wine, and take a deep breath. Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast. Hello, Cecily. Hello. We have somebody with us this week.
1: I heard. And it's actually kind of hard to tell our three voices apart.
0: I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) But I listen to myself far too much, because you know, as somebody in Bardic Circle said last night, you tend to talk to the most intelligent person in the room. (laughs) Hi, Letty.
2: Hello, Miss Ray.
0: Hello. Together, our forces combined to make the holy trinity of mom. She is. <laughs> So last week, where we did not have Miss Liddy joining us, we discussed true womanhood. They valued piety, purity, submissiveness, and domesticity. The only one of which we seemed to disagree with was submissiveness. And we talked about Christian martyrs and Christian female saints and how exactly they were not submissive at all. We also covered feminism, where the first wave was voting, yay, I suppose. And the second wave was domestic shelters, maternity leave, and birth control. And I actually found a note I had made that didn't get included in the episode. It says, birth control causes a lack of responsibility where sex is concerned. Can you still get STDs? Sure. But an STD is not the same as creating a soul and becoming a parent. Also, you know, STDs are easier to cure. The availability of birth control may be the cause of the dissolution of the nuclear family, I think. Which I think has been going on quite a bit. Or at least it didn't help. It did not help. Without the consequences of intercourse, it's possible to dissolve marriages easier and to make bad choices in your partner. As if you know there's a possibility of having a child with somebody, you might think twice about it. Not saying that abusive relationships don't happen, of course they do. But without a family to keep everybody together, there's no real deeper connection between the two married but childless people. They're basically roommates with a discount on their taxes. Yay. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. I know childless people, and that's fine. I don't understand it, but that's fine. That,
1: not everyone's childless by choice. This is also
2: true. And very I, I, unfortunate. So my, my biggest issue with the childless people are the women who say I don't like this, I want them, keep them far away from me, and I'm okay. To them, I say get off the birth control because it's been messing with your brain way too much.
0: Yeah, I wonder about that, and I was on birth control for a super long time, and that always concerns me. I mean, it can, when I finally decided I wanted kids, which I always knew to some degree I wanted them, I was like exactly how hard is this going to be now? Although, I was... Mm -hmm. 18 when I went on it, so I certainly could have gone on it earlier, but your body's not done growing at 18
2: either. Yeah, at least in my experience, it's the women who've been on it since they were like 11 or 12, and are still on it now in their 30s, and have never been gone off with That's you are vehemently against it.
0: That's not healthy. Um. Yeah, you I think if you're on it when you're 12, it's probably for period reasons. Well, usually I that's think. a super low dose, though. My sister had that for a long time because her period would make her curl in the bathroom on the floor for two days, uh, violently puking, like her period was no joke, but she also cannot have kids for medical reasons. If she gets pregnant, that's yeah. basically a death sentence for my sister which is unfortunate, but... I hope she's an amazing aunt. She is an amazing aunt. I have a connection with my husband I don't have with anybody else because we created a child. More than a child, we created a person. I now have a person running around who did not exist before I married my husband. And it's weird. Like, I created a person. Think about it. You created a person, Letty, sitting in your lap listening to what you're talking about while he tries to go to sleep. (laughs) That I did, and
2: after I had him, I told people that I had not spoken to in a while, holy
0: shit, I made a person. Right. Some of my mom friends, the only thing we have in common is, holy shit, I created a person. Did you create a person? We've created people. It's like our. Yeah. It's our person. It's cool. So, for this episode, I think we need a definition. Our definition is woman an adult human female who was born with two X chromosomes and no other chromosomes because sometimes you'll get people arguing. It is a very, very narrow definition. I understand some people may not agree with it. It's just a scientific definition. That's what it is. Paraphrased by me. Hashtag woman. Hashtag woman. So we're going to go ahead and go through the waves of feminism and our comments about it, because obviously we have opinions. So third wave feminism began in the early 1990s, and it embraced individualism and diversity. And that's where the word vomit starts, because, yay, we're all for women. Yeah. Individually. No. Doesn't work for me. Now, as a disclaimer, this stuff may be offensive to you. If it is, that's fine. These are our our opinions. And that's opinion.
2: And if yeah, really,
1: we're all individuals and such, then I mean, one would think we wouldn't have to vote as a block, and you know, everyone agree or you're not women or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. One would think. One would think.
2: How dare you say that? We are all women. We are the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all ah. we all gave birth and everything the same. It's not nuanced or anything. <laughs>
1: oh we're gonna have some much fun tonight <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I didn't keep biking
0: up he just went back downstairs so it also introduced intersectionality sex positivity ve- vegetarian eco-feminism <laughs> <laughs> Transfeminism, feminism, which okay, I guess, no, whatever. And postmodern feminism, which is basically, and postmodern feminism, which is basically nihilism, but flavored for women. I think, my opinion. So we'll go through the meanings. I don't get postmodernism. Do you understand nihilism?
1: Uh, isn't that the belief that nothing matters? Basically? Yeah. Yeah. Every time so you who hear.
2: If I'm a man and you're a woman. I mean, what does what, what, what feminism I mean. have to do with anything? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, how, how
0: do you flavor
1: that for women? What does that even mean?
0: I don't know, but that's basically what postmodernism means. Well, I'm glad you don't know either. No. This is where it starts getting into word vomit. It means nothing. Yeah. We're going to attempt to... Yeah, well, that's one definition. We're going to go through the meanings of these words, and maybe we can make some sense out of them. I'm not sure. Let's see. Intersectionality is a theoretical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to make different modes of discrimination and privilege.
1: So it's kinda like a point system.
0: Yeah, actually I think there is a point system. So there's a there's a, there's, a, there's like a privilege there's like a privilege quiz somewhere online and you can find out exactly how privileged you are.
2: Bullshit. Hello, white
0: privilege. I mean we all have to acknowledge that. Oh yes, because being locked in a room for four years means I'm so privileged. Right. I was d I, I couldn't
2: get scholarships because where I live Chicago suburb being a white female. Uh yeah, where's
0: my white person helping me out now? Yeah, right. So, uh <laughs> vegetarian ecofeminism. <laughs> vegetarian <laughs> ecofeminism. <laughs> just just google it cuz I sure as heck cannot make any sense out of out of it at all. I, I can't even begin to explain it. I mean, I'm going to, but I can't. It states that all types of oppression are linked and must be eradicated with a focus on including the domination of humans over non-human animals. Well, that's vegetarianism. Actually, I think that's more veganism, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It states the way in which pr- the privileged dominates the oppressed, and should include the ways humans dominate nature. Okay, these are all different definitions for this thing. Hmm. It states the ways in which the privileged dominates the oppressed, and states the ways in which the privileged dominates the oppressed should include ways humans dominate nature. I said that already, sorry. A major theme... I think it appears repeating. Yeah, yeah, well... That was important. Yeah, it it made (laughs) more sense the second time I said it, which is why I couldn't get through the sentence. A major theme within ecofeminism is the belief that there is a strong connection between the domination of women and the domination of nature, and that both must be eradicated in order to end oppression. In other words, word vomit from hell, literally WTAS.
2: Wait a minute. So I've, like, yeah. I've read this how many times in the past like week or so since you told me about it? And now I'm just like, wait, they want to eradicate women and nature? So are we going to end up like fat blobs like on WALL-E, where there's nothing on the earth and we really don't exist other
0: than to just like.
2: Float around in this bloody state
0: I think it's talking about eradicating the domination but I tend to argue the fact of domination okay I'm not saying domination in a more specific sense does not exist in some people's lives I'm saying I do not feel dominated as a woman I'm the chick who Who was privileged because my boss at GameStop hired me because I have big boobs.
2: Have what? I can't tell you how many devs I got just for being a woman.
0: Because I have big boobs.
1: Okay, I heard because I had eight boobs. (laughs) (laughs) What is sentence broke up and, and I just heard something about your boss at GameStop and someone had eight boobs. And it's very confusing. How strong is the alcohol percentage of that wine you're drinking? I've had like three drinks from it.
0: Dear Lord, is that cask strength? What the hell are you doing over there? Oh uh, no, because yeah, I have I don't feel I, so. I have big boobs. And yes, my boss actually told me that. And I was like, cool. I'm a gamer. I don't care. I'm just glad I have the job. Because we clearly know
2: that he's a boob man and not a an math man.
0: Obviously. And we were right outside of an Air Force base where they had people doing basic, so boobs. Yeah. So, Cecily, what is your opinion on vegetarian ecofeminism?
1: That it doesn't make sense? I don't know. I am not a vegetarian and have no intention of being a vegetarian because meat is delicious. So, I... Yeah. And the description does sound way more like veganism than vegetarianism. Yeah,
0: I, even, I I don't care. Now, one of my friends is vegan, and she's very vegan, and that's okay with me. I don't, honestly, I don't care. You can eat whatever you want, just don't make me do it. Yes. Yeah. I don't make Cecily eat lard fried ribeyes for dinner every night, although she might actually enjoy that. Yeah. I certainly do, although I'm not keto right now, so... I went off for the weekend. But I'm down to 207. You go, girl. Working on it. Trans feminism. A movement by and for trans women who view their liberation to be intrinsically linked to the liberation of all women and beyond. My opinion is, a man is not a woman. Even when they pass. A man cannot carry a child to term or breastfeed them. That's not to say they do not have rights of their own. But it's the same as... But it's not the same as a woman who was born that way. I think trans issues are their own thing. And I follow trans YouTubers, um, Rose of Dawn and Blair White. I don't follow Blair White so much, but I do watch her stuff. And they will tell you they are not a woman they are a trans woman and a trans woman is not a woman it's something else because they were men they are not now and they both pass beautifully but that doesn't mean they want to use our locker rooms
1: i am confused by the whole your gender is everything but at the same time gender is meaningless you're supposed to, you know, as a woman, you should be able to dress however you want, but no one ever says, I'm trans female, and, you know, here I am in my football uniform. You know, the, the people who identify as trans also take on, as, as far as I've seen, like the most stereotypical presentation Of the gender they want to be. No one's a
0: trans plomboy.
1: No. And it's just very
0: confusing. I, I would agree that I don't believe people who are honestly trans, honestly trans, would show any male traits if they can avoid it, because their entire thing, The way they live in their brain says, I am not that. I do not want to be that. I want to be this. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do this. I knew somebody in college who had, for the first two years of me being in college, had just been a dude with long hair, and then he came out as trans, and he was very, very shy about it, and very, like, subdued, and... He came to, like, class in a dress one day, and me and somebody else talked to him about it and complimented him on his dress, her, on her dress, sorry. And it, it was a big thing for them to do. It was not like, ooh, I'm just going to be Eddie Izzard and be a woman for today. It was very yeah. much, I am trying to become this thing, and these people know me as this other thing, and this is very scary. And that's exactly how she came across. And somebody like that, I have no problem in trying to adjust how I gender them in my mind. Now this is 10 years ago, so I'm misgendering. I realized this, and I'm sorry for doing it. It was an accident. But somebody who's honest about it, and is really trying to do that, I will go out of my way to use the right pronouns if I'm corrected. Or if they pass, I will use what pronoun they look like. If you have a beard and you're in a dress and it's not like, you know, a woman with a beard who has like PCOS, it's like my husband in a dress, that the, the dress is not what makes you a woman.
2: You know I think there's something about it too you know Ray like if you're if you go about it the right way and you're not an asshat about saying no I'm a woman you must refer to me as she her, he you know there's I, I think that there's a difference between how I'm going to treat you and this this is with anybody you could be a man, you could be a woman, you could be in between, you could be an alien for all I know. But if you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. And if I misgender you because I clearly have no idea, like, because you can look like a and everything, you say, no, 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 I'm a woman, and you need to treat me like that, and I can't believe you didn't do that. I'm sorry, how am I supposed to know? You know, so, it, for me, it, I'll, talk, I'll, treat you, I'll treat you however you want me to, but I'm also gonna give you the same level of respect. Please, if I call you the wrong pronoun, for the love of God, just let me know what it is. Don't expect me to automatically know because I can't tell 99%. So. Yeah,
0: I have never had an honestly trans person be rude and in my face about misgendering. We have one in our nano group who is transitioning from female to male and she was he was at the um thank god thank goodness it's over party and he had just begun transitioning and he has boobs I mean and they're not small boobs and so he had been misgendered and he laughed it off and said I know my students do it all the time. I'm at the beginning of my transition and it's really hard to tell right now. Mm-hmm. And I make it. You know, that would take a lot of changing. Yeah. And for somebody like that, that is honest trans. That is what I consider honest trans. They're like, this is just the way it is right now. I just started testosterone. I'm doing everything I can right now. And my large tracts of land will give you the opposite <laughs> impression. And there's nothing I can really do about that. Absolutely. So I go out of my way to either call him by his name, which can be easier to do sometimes. With a trans person who is transitioning, if you have the habit of wanting to go to the wrong gender, just call them by their dang name. And then, um... Yeah, the new name is
1: a lot easier to remember than the
0: pronoun. Yeah, and I'm a person who's not trans who has a dead name. So I do understand the importance of that is my dead name this is my name now. Please use it. Because I have to do that all the time with my family. I get that for 30 years you called me this other name, which is very similar to my name now. But I do not identify as that person who was locked in that room. So I have shucked that off and moved past it with therapy. And I am now Ray Lynn, and that is who I am. Please do not use my dead name. I do not like it. That doesn't mean my grandma, who just turned 73, doesn't mess up sometimes. But she's in her 70s, and that's more okay than my dad doing it. My sister has been known to do it when she's mad at me just because she knows it pisses me off, and that's not okay.
1: Wow. That's really not okay. It's
0: gotten better. But like the day I got my drive my social security card and my driver's license with Rayland Barton on it was like the biggest thing to me ever because doing that is a entire process. So like I get that. So if you have a name and you're beginning to transition and I'm having a problem with gendering correctly, I will just use your name because you know what? That is appropriate. (laughs) There is no sentence in which you cannot replace a pronoun with a name, and it's not appropriate. Absolutely.
2: And that is all to
0: say that I don't think any of us, in general, are anti-LBGTQIA mess Oh. But it's a treat me like a human and I will treat you like a human, which is basically the honest definition of respect. Yeah.
2: Do you want two others?
0: Yep. Or reap and you shall sow. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. that's real. So, um. Uh,
2: Those was- who live in glass houses, <laughs> we could continue forever. <laughs> Yes,
0: right? So, postmodern feminism. I have a definition for you, Cecily. Kind wonderful. of wonderful. Kind of. Or uh, not. <laughs> the, I mean, right? The goal of postmodern feminism is to destabilize the patriarchal norms entrenched in society that have led to gender inequality. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: not entirely certain what that means
0: Yeah. other than mess everything up and yeah. call it good the from what i can tell these people can't make up their minds they either think there's only one gender or they think there are hundreds thousands whatever genders like yeah. you, but you simultaneously gender doesn't matter yeah that which would be exactly there, yeah which would be there's one gender but god forbid You misgender somebody. Ugh. Yeah. My brain hurts. I know. So, my opinion on this is people are made into genders for a reason. You could almost think of it like a symbiotic relationship, which Cecily's kids would be happy to talk your ear off about. (laughs) Because they are science-y kids. Otherwise... Why don't we just, you know, haul up a baby out of our shoulder if it's only one gender?
2: We just, you know. Hey, I take that instead of being morning having morning sickness for nine months. Oh
0: yeah, I am not saying there are not downsides to pregnancy. There definitely can be downsides. <laughs> I was lucky; I didn't have I morning d- sickness. I was very lucky. I
2: I think the difference there though is that you don't have, you would not have that connection on the child that you do when you carry and create a living person inside of you and then give birth in whatever we do. because as soon as that kid pops out, like, you've got that You're not going to know that they just, oh, your baby off my back or out of my shoulder or wherever.
0: And I don't know that polyp is the right term for what ah. that is. Cecily might know, but I don't know. That was the only word I could think of.
1: What word? Because you completely broke out for a minute
0: there. Sorry, polyp. I don't know if polyp is the right word. For? Like, if you popped a baby out of your shoulder in a process of self-cloning. Budding. Bunny! Thank you. You're welcome.
2: I mean, I know there are
0: lizards that exist that are all female and they just kind of spontaneously reproduce. I don't know how that works. I'm sure one of your children could tell me about it, but I, I don't know
1: offhand. I'm not sure it makes sense to anyone. This I don't.
2: There was an episode of Big Bang Theory where they wondered how Sheldon would reproduce, and they said that he would just spin me apart and there would suddenly be two of them. So, I can't remember the phrase that they said, but it's just
0: uh, Yeah. So, I found this quote <laughs> about third wave feminism so confusion surrounding what constitutes third wave third wave feminism is in some respects its defining feature in other words we don't actually matter we just like to complain i mean no shit Sherlock. i mean
2: so a little bit of background on me trained paralegal got my associate's degree and my certificate and I'm used to taking very complicated legalese and all that other crap and dumbing it down for the employees that I work with at my firm. I have no idea what these people are trying to say. Like, and my husband, who also is a paralegal as well, like, we both looked at these definitions, and him and I were just like, I I, I don't know. It's just word vomit. It makes absolutely horseshit sense. It, they just need to stop what they're doing and go home.
0: so glad someone else thinks that too. Yeah,
1: because I have no
2: idea. It's all confusing.
0: It's all confusing and I have a degree in English and I am really good at reading something and being able to break it into its parts and tell you how it makes sense and the sentence for third wave feminism and vegetarian ecofeminism are a bunch of words compiled together that you would think make sense and do not. It, yeah. it means nothing. It literally doesn't mean anything. It I think I summed it up best when I wrote, in other words, we don't actually matter, we just want to complain.
2: Well, if you think about it, like, none of them actually is one set great. Like, this is our platform. It's multiple combined. So, they don't even, like, the people that support vegetarian ego don't even know what they're supporting. So, it's I say, y'all just go do your thing. I'm going to
0: continue over here doing nothing and ignore you. Well, I have that going on with, like, black activism right now. Like, you can be a black person and you can be against them and suddenly you're not black. (laughs)
1: Like Biden said, (laughs) if you're not voting for me,
2: you're not black. Well, it's like the Hillary vote. If you're a woman, you're going to vote for (laughs) Hillary, and if you don't, you're not a woman at all. So it's like, oh, apparently I just lost my womanly.
0: Well, I'm so old fashioned. I don't vote. I allow my husband to make those decisions as head of our household.
2: <gasps> How dare you?
0: <laughs> the suffragettes should be turning in their graves so quickly right now that we should find a generator. Can
2: we make ourselves some stashes like in Mary Poppins when they sing to Suffragettes and come up with our own songs?
0: <laughs> I'm learning songwriting. <laughs> Slowly, but I'm learning. That's the part. I mean,
2: give me, give me some time, and I could probably just change that song around into something for us, but I mean, seriously.
0: <laughs> yeah, me and Cecily were talking about it, and we need a different term for traditionally conservative moms, because when you hear that, what you think is white supremacist. Yeah. Well, and
2: unfortunately, people hear conservative, and they just think Republican and Trump, you know, so that doesn't really help me, because I'm a more conservative mom, but I'm not necessarily Republican, so we, like, everybody else is
0: definitely
2: fine. And-
0: yeah, we actually had this conversation in a bardic circle, where somebody had asked me about my podcast, and I'm in the SCA, and I'm trying to explain myself- <laughs> without getting shunned faster than you can say it, right? Um, Because a lot of the words I would use to describe our podcast are not necessarily accepted in that sphere, and that's fine. If you're in the SEA, that's fine. I enjoy my stuff in the SEA, and it's completely separate from the stuff I do here, because I have different facets of my personality, because I'm a complicated human being, dang it.
1: Maybe,
2: maybe we adhere to the more traditional, historic norms of femininity, household running.
0: Yes, I. I don't know what would
2: be a good word for that.
0: Well, and this is what we talked about. Conservative. The base definition just means family centric. That is what a conservative is. It's somebody who is family centric. Because I always say, we are a conservative podcast, and by conservative, I do not mean politically. Because our podcast isn't about politics. Fourth Wave Feminism started in 2012, which was two years after Occupy. I should know I was in the Occupy movement, so the... Fourth wave continues to push against problematic gendered norms that cause the oppression and marginalization of women in society. The intersectionality of these and other interlocking systems of power and how these contribute to the stratification of traditionally marginalized groups like women of color and trans women. Word vomit. And they don't even care about women anymore. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Okay. I,
2: I mean they only care about you if you're a woman but you're not white. Yeah, that's so they do say, care right? about some women but there's a very large section of us that they're just like yeah we're going to throw you out with the bath water. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry that my skin tone is unacceptable. I mean it's not like I had a decision. I, I, I mean I can't change the fact that my family great
2: from Ireland. So, sorry guys.
0: I'm just a Heinz 57 white chick dude. I don't even know what I am. I'm not enough of anything for it to matter. And if I say I'm American, that's offensive. So, uh uh-huh.
2: And apparently just saying you're a woman is
0: wrong nowadays, so I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Right? So, given that we've been talking about true womanhood, which I actually like, and finding articles about it that are in a positive light were impossible, but that's okay. We're going to discuss the differences in gender, because believe it or not, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between men and women on a physiological level. Can you believe it? You don't think. My husband doesn't have boobs. (laughs) And I don't have men, male genitalia. Last I checked... I would hope not. Trying to pass a baby through a vagina is hard enough. I... yeah. Well, Cecily, my love, who I love dearly, you didn't pass your children through your vagina either. Sorry, mine was sliced out. Yeah. Cecily had very good reason, or there would be no Cecily. I'm not saying you didn't have very good reason, but Cecily was, like, extremely rare exception. (laughs) To to the rule. I don't know if you've listened to that episode yet. But, yeah. It was... The most I have heard this woman talk in our (laughs) entire... I've known you for, like, 12 years, and it was the most I've ever heard you string together at one time. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of it. There is a lot of it. And it's really, and to me, it's really interesting. Like, I do not want to be a midwife, and I do not want to be a doula. But I find birth stories to be, like, the most interesting thing on the planet. And up until I was about six or seven months pregnant, I was reading lots of birth stories. And by that point i was getting scared enough that i was no longer reading them yeah it's a probably a good thing that you didn't ask me
1: about mine probably a very good thing i didn't have to love you told me
0: <laughs> you were like so so you've reached 26 weeks good news is if something bad happens the child is completely <laughs> viable <laughs> And I was like, actually, that helps a lot. Thank you.
1: (laughs) This sounds so It's one of those things that you don't necessarily want to just casually toss out in conversation with, you know,
0: any recently
1: pregnant lady. Right? It's just, you
0: know. So, the importance of gender differences. Men have XY chromosomes, and women have two X chromosomes. You are different... Ooh, basic biology. Basic biology! You are different on a genetic level, which may also be a molecular level, but I do not claim any super advanced scientific knowledge. I can do a gene square. I did one when I was pregnant to prove the fact that I did not, in fact, need a Rogam shot.
1: That's way more sophisticated than my punnett squares get. It,
0: It was, well, one, it was very important to me because they were kind of pushing it. And you have to understand that that is a shot that is derived from humans. Which means you can get some nasty stuff from that shot on accident. That doesn't normally happen in the U.S., but it has been known to happen, and I was like, I really don't want this. And Jason's mom... Just say no
2: to drugs. Just say no to drugs, says the person who takes a lot of them,
0: but uh, prescribed to me. Uh, <laughs> um, Jason's mom was O-negative, and his father was O-positive. Which means Jason is actually a um, dominant recessive O positive. I mean, I had to do do research for this. Which made it less likely for Xandria to actually come out O negative. And the agreement was, because they blood test them when they're born, even when you have them at home, that if she came out O negative, I would then get a Rogam shot. It means if she came out O positive, I would get a Rogam shot because I'm O negative. And she came out O negative because I can math, and I can science to some degree. Yeah. Now, that also doesn't mean that there are genetic defects that will cause you to have more chromosomes, there may maybe some that cause you to have less, but I don't remember ever hearing about them, so I don't think that's a thing. But generally, you have all kinds For of other
1: deletion, issues. I think, is stuff like trisomy eighteen.
2: Yes, I know there there's something
1: I, I don't remember. They're very rare. Mm-hmm.
2: And well, really, it's been almost really twenty point. years. Yeah, almost twenty years since I took bio, so but I do remember reading.
0: I pulled out some quotes from a website which you can find in the resources for this episode under you know gender differences because I label things so nicely. The brain is one of the organs in which differences between the two sexes can be observed. In general, the male brain can be up to 11% larger and have a higher proportion of white matter while the female brain is usually denser and has a higher proportion of gray matter. So I read this earlier this evening. And I was like, okay, it's been a while since I took biology. I can't remember what the difference in white and gray matter is. So, linked in the resources is an article in depth about the difference. And I pulled these out for you, okay? White matter controls the involuntary functions of the body, such as blood pressure, heart rate, and body temperature. To me, that sure sounds like somebody you would expect to be able of... Going and chasing down a mammoth, a deer, a whatever, which is how we evolved. And it would
1: go along with the bigger muscle mass.
0: Yes, and it goes along and with the bigger the muscle
2: mass. mass. Yeah. Any thoughts over there, just I mean, the thoughty temperature thing, especially if they're going to be out in the wilds. You know, I mean, are they down in Florida where it's ah, cooler? Are okay. they out in the Great White North? No, wait be warmer, you know. If your, if your brain's able to take care of that for you, by all means, get your ass out there and go get
0: some Right. So, hey, gray matter controls the senses of the body, such as hearing, feeling, seeing, speech, and memory. And to that I say, kind of like things that are important for these people are, you're the one gathering berries, and this shade of red means that's poisonous, and this shade of red means it's not. Which is why there are jokes all over everything about women being able to tell the difference between a crew and eggshell and then going, it's white. Well, and you have to think about it too. It
2: also helps when you're raising a child. I mean, I know my senses are definitely heightened with little man. I can feel him moving, like in the five to ten You hear the breathing. Yeah. And my husband is just like, oh, how long has he been awake? Oh, about 20
0: minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's definitely way more heightened when you um, co-sleep. When you bed wean, you'll find that that goes away not quickly. Because I had a really hard time when we first started bedweaning. Well, started, we kind of just did it cold turkey. Because it's about the only way you can do it. There's no real good we- way to bedwean In my opinion, we just did a cold turkey, which was rough. We put her in a crib so that she couldn't leave her room. And it was a rough two weeks, but it happened and it was fine. And she's, she's sleeping happily in her bed now. I mean, it was rough, but you're taking something you've done since they were born and you're changing it and that's hard on everybody. It was no easier on me than it was on her. I just wasn't throwing myself on the ground screaming. I wanted to. But I wasn't, so the first couple of weeks after she calmed down, it was very much like had to check on her continuously. We used to have a camera in her bedroom that synced to Wi-Fi, and I could actually see when I was doing DoorDash driving, I could check on her because I had this need to make sure she was okay. And I still, if I go to bed without checking on her, I have to get up out of bed and I have to go check on her. Even now, so uh, I suck at colors,
1: FYI. That's
0: okay. I also think that it's probably, <laughs> I also think it's probably the reason why uh, colorblindness blindness in women is extremely rare, and colorblindness in men is extremely common. Is it one in six or one in seven men are colorblind? <laughs> I, mean, I can't
2: remember what it was, but going back to the bio, my teacher when we were learning. Statistically, we should have two guys in this class who are colorblind. Two guys' hands shut up. They were colorblind, so. My, uh, <laughs> bro- statistics don't lie, you guys.
0: <laughs> My brother-in-law yeah! is uh, red, green, colorblind. He can only see blue. He says everything else is in sepia tone. So it's not like gray and black. It's more like, you know, brown. Wow. Which is interesting, since brown has composed a lot of red. It's also somebody who can't see color trying to explain to you how they see color. Which is hard to do. But I always try to keep it in mind and get him things that are blue. Because he likes blue. Because he can see blue. Makes sense. That makes sense. So, another thing that is different is genitals. And look, if I have to explain this to you, I'm not the kind of help you're looking for. Can I quote kindergarten (laughs) cop? Please (laughs) do. Boys have penises.
2: Girls have vaginas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, a difference is where body hair appears. Which, duh. We had this conversation in my household the other day. Cause um, Daddy didn't shave his beard off. He trimmed it back quite a bit, because it was nice and bushy and very Viking-y, and now it's not, and I'm sad, but he has to wear a mask at work, so I get it, Um, and Xandria was very interested in this, so she goes, Daddy Beard? He goes, yes. She goes, she looks at me, she goes, Mommy Beard? I said, no, I'm a girl. I don't (laughs) have a beard. She goes, Xandria Beard? I said, no, you're a girl. You don't have a beard. (laughs) My old my four-year-old gets it. One of the most well-known differences between men and women is the difference in muscle and bone development. In general, in our species, the male tends to have a greater development in both aspects and to have a greater weight, height, and strength, obviously. And this is why I am against trans people in regular sports. is a bad idea. In general, I cannot think of a single trans woman who... Men do it a lot. And then, like, the most mediocre guy is suddenly breaking sprinting records as a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Or a male-to-female transitioner who plays MMA. There was a very um, controversial subject on one of Joe Rogan's podcasts where he was adamantly against that. And controversial or not, I agree with him. I also see it as a guy basically beating up a chick and that's not okay. Well, and it happens a
2: lot in the high school. I know in the high school district that my husband and I went to, there was a big battle over the last few years over allowing it to be able to use. And... I have my opinions on that, but what really got me thinking was I then started thinking to the news cycle and they were talking about oh, this join the track team she's state and all I could think was, Of course you are. You're competing against biological this uh, disadvantage. So at least to me, I would say, Hey, if you want to do that, if you want to buy go ahead. But why don't we make it equal and you compete against other females as opposed to biological
0: that's, that's that's kind of my stance. If you want to do that, that's fine. Let's have a trans league.
1: That would work. That would
2: totally work.
0: I'm sure everybody would disagree. But would that
2: go against the the whole like you get you get so, so for being a man versus a woman. You have a trans league. Where where does that put anybody? Like it's a gray area, but I'm not the one creating it. It's everybody else, so they can go ahead and figure it
0: out. Yeah, not my job. I'm just pointing things out that people may or may not agree with. But the entire point of this is that we're trad moms, and we don't agree with these things, but we want to make sure that we're being clear on what. and and as much as we can, what these things that we are not for are, and our reasoning behind it, because we're not just going to sit here and dump on people, because everything, as far as I'm concerned, is a nuanced issue. I don't know. Slavery, maybe, is the only, like, non-nuanced issue I can think of, although in ancient times there was such a thing as selling yourself into slavery, which at least you consented to, so... Maybe it's also a nuanced issue, but nowadays I don't think as much. At least not in the cultures I'm familiar with, i.e. Western civilization. So, gender roles in the home. Which took me a while to find, because even using DuckDuckGo, all I'm pulling are negative articles. And I'm like, I just want somebody to give me the definition of what they were. I don't need an opinion on why it was bad. Please, God. Just give me a definition. I want to be able to explain it and have a citation for you guys to be able to go back and read. Both my co-hosts and our audience. I want you to be able to go back and read it so you can make your own determinations. I'm certainly not trying to sway you to my opinion. I'm just trying to give you Something interesting we can talk about. Obviously, we find this all infuriating and also interesting. So, religious European settlers brought their beliefs to the new world. We know this. And those beliefs helped define the roles of men and women within families. God was the highest authority. We talked about this with true womanhood. And husbands and fathers derived their household authority from God. Men were expected to provide for their families, but they also took an active role in rearing their children. Fathers taught their children to read and write, found apprenticeship programs for them so they could learn career skills, discipline their offspring as needed, and led family in prayers or other religious activities. The father was considered the primary parent. Divorce was permissible under certain circumstances, but the father was not normally granted custody— or, I'm sorry— that the father was normally granted custody over the mother.
1: Okay. That is so weird.
0: The fact that the dads were given custody? Yeah. Yeah. Historical stuff. I mean, it it is what yeah. it is. I don't believe in whitewashing history, so it just it is what it was. It's just the way it yeah, was. Yeah, it is.
1: It's just weird to me that that became the norm, because, you know, I would look at the two parents, and, you know, especially if it's a baby, well, dad can't breastfeed, so I think of moms as doing more of the rearing, whereas dad would have to hire a nanny.
0: Well, they would have wet nurses and servants and stuff back then, too, so that's, you know, that's something. Like I said, historical, so it's different. Yeah. The traditional woman's role. A woman needed to know how to sew, spin, and weave. I think me and Cecily have that covered. Tend vegetable Mm -hmm. and medicinal herb gardens. I believe Letty has us covered there. Prepare food and make sure that... Working on it. Working on it, yeah. I have a black thumb. I kill plants. I, yeah, I killed them. Make sure that any servants or apprentices were properly trained and satisfactorily met their obligations within the household. She bore children, nursed them, and made sure they were dressed, fed, and well cared for. At the same time, women were often involved in financial enterprises. Many women helped manage their husband's estates or actively took part in a business or family trade. If her economic responsibilities interfered with her parental duties, a woman might leave young children in the care of a servant or, or an older child while she worked. And aside from that last part I agree with all of that except for the leaving the children thing kind of goes against like my personal beliefs that doesn't mean that I worked census this summer she stayed with grandma I mean we needed the money it was a thing but it is a very temporary thing right for me Zandria always comes first and me working the census job was in hopes of making it so that our family could be be furthered by doing that, not at the detriment of my daughter. So shall we talk about how we became uh, conservative slash traditional moms? Sure. Okay. I'm going to make Cecily go first. She's too quiet.
1: Okay. Um... That's basically how life was in my family, so I just kind of grew up assuming that that's how that would work.
0: Fair enough. How did you come to it, Letty?
2: Um, well, I was raised in a, an Irish Roman Catholic household. My mother did work, but she worked at school, so she was at work while we were at school. And so we always had a parent with us. I we were always told we had to go to college, get a degree, get a good job. So I started that route. Did four years of school at two different universities and hated it and <laughs> So <laughs> that I so I started working full time. I mean, that makes sense, right? right? Um and like the jobs that I had I was doing mom prevention, so it was like more it was jobs that mostly men did, so I was I got one job because they needed a female in the area to sit in and do interviews on a dishonest employee. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, you guys are paying me well, so I don't care. And then I got tired of that, left that job, and I went to school to become a paralegal Because I was like, well, I want to work in Chicago. I want to work in the city. And, like, as I was doing that, I was like, I, I'm not really the whole, like, power suit like powerful woman i'm very much an introvert and i'm a cancer so i'm very much a homebody i would rather stay at home as opposed to be out and about in the world so when i started like when i met my husband and everything i started really rethinking everything and one of the things i said is well i want to have kids and when we have kids i want to be able to stay home um i don't think that the place for women when they have young children is to be out working into be tipping to her kid up to somebody with that. Um I don't want somebody else to be in charge of my child's education, especially from a very young age. I want to be able to do that myself. So for me it was just like that discovery is and like really like really? reaching back to what I was taught and what I saw growing up. I mean my grandma was always home from what I knew as a kid. And like said, yeah, my mom went to work but she was she was always there when we so it was always yeah the mother should be at home the dad should be out working and you get your time with dad either in the morning or at night whichever time he's not working and you get him on the weekends and he's not over and to me like that just makes so much more sense than you not seeing your kids at all like I had little man and I went back to work and I was working I was gone twelve hours a day and that was so hard on me so I. I did two days a week working down in Chicago, and after a year, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and then my husband got a new job, so it made sense for me to just to stay home, when I've been doing this for the past year and a half, and I wouldn't treat it for the world. I think so that's say we all. It's like a long journey.
0: Hey, that's cool. I think I'm the only one who grew up with a her. Until I was 11, my mom was a single mom. Um, she married my dad when I was, like, four, but they were divorced by the time I was, like, five and a half. So, and we've talked about this before, and I don't know if you know this lady. My, my dad adopted me as an adult, so he is my sister's biological father, but he is not my biological father. Um, so it's kind of confusing and nuanced, and I'm not even going to get into that because it gets really confusing. It made my therapist go, you said, what? Uh, because that entire family tree, uh, isn't, the branches are kind of confusing. So, my mom was a single mom, then she met her current husband, and the household went from single mom household to extremely abusive household, which we haven't really talked about, and we may at some point, but we're not doing it today, Uh so after about a year of that, I moved with my grandparents when they moved to Florida and I was there for a couple of years and unconsciously for them and for me I think that's what basically set me on this path without realizing it because I knew I wanted a relationship like my grandparents had. They met and they that's were married. To see that. Yeah. So that was not that was not the norm for me. And I was like, I don't want this abusive thing. I want this thing. And so on and off, I tried to get that, right? Because I was still, well, then I was in middle school and I moved back to my mom's when I was in high school, which is the biggest mistake of my life. But it is what it is. It happened. These things happen. It was very abusive. It was a thing. So when I was in college, I was part of the Occupy movement as part of a group on campus called the uh, Radical Anarchists. If I remember correctly, I may be remembering wrong. Basically, what they were was uh, Antifa, before Antifa, without the violence. But I can see how a lot of those people may now actually be in Antifa. So I was being brainwashed by them and by the college system at the same time. If I hadn't met my husband, Jason, I would probably be in Portland at the Raz Zone right now. I'm so glad you met Jason.
2: Me too. Me too.
0: I don't think anything he taught me was on purpose to lead me here. We decided to do this, but I don't think that it was on purpose on his behalf. This just makes the most sense. He has a good job. He's a union worker, although, right now, their contract's running up at the end of the month, and so that's stressful. But he makes a decent income, and I stay at home. And I run our small business, obviously, and I run this podcast. I'm sitting here at the computer like an octopus with eight legs, just, you know, doing a million things in the background. And that is me. And Cecily, do you have any closing thoughts tonight?
1: (sighs) Only that feminism is really not recognizable as such after the second wave. I I mean, the first wave makes sense, and then the second one, eh, you can see how they got there. And then from there, it's just like, what does this have to do with anything? Those I are that. that's the entirety
0: of my thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree with that, Letty. Do you have any closing thoughts today?
2: I think that you don't have to be a feminist to be a strong woman. Um, in order to, especially for those of us that are stay at home, mom, um, I I think that in order for you to to be a strong woman, like you, you have to put, you have to be able to put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> um, and especially being a stay-at-home mom, now it's not, it's not what people expect you to be. So, am I a strong woman? Yes. Am I a feminist? According to the current definitions, there's no way in hell. Because A, they make no sense, and B, my my lifestyle doesn't fit in and coordinate with theirs. So,
0: My closing thoughts are basically the summation of what you two said. You don't have to be a feminist to be a strong woman, and the first and second waves at least kind of make sense to me. I think it's I think it's also important to remember that men and women are physiologically different. No matter what happens, it's just basic scientific facts that a lot of people are trying to ignore. So that's been a thing here lately. But with that said, you can find us on social media. We have a We page at 80 Mom Podcast. We're also on Parlor at 80 at Mom Podcast on Odyssey, Pinterest. I actually have videos on the YouTube channel. Go me. I've gotten something done. And we yes. also write. We have a website, 80smompodcast.com. And if you've made it this far and are super mad at us, you can certainly email us at show at 80smompodcast.com and tell me exactly how mad you are. I'm happy to listen to you. If you agreed with us, I'm happy to listen to you too because everything is an opinion and should open up conversations. And part of this was to let other moms know who have our... Same opinions that, indeed, you are not alone. And with that, I'm Ray.
2: And I'm Letty,
0: And we are the 80's Mom Podcast. Go out there this week and remember, you've got this.